Hello, everybody. It's Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky. Do we have a special guest today? Mr. Jimmy Blanton. He's going to take us on a journey where most of us has never gone before. Grab a drink, grab a snack, sit back and relax. Wherever we may go, we shall be. Mr. Blanton, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. That is great. That is great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Jimmy Blanton. Uh, I am a cryptid and paranormal researcher from Harlan County, Kentucky. Uh, I've been active field researching for the past six years, uh, active in the paranormal field for about 10. Uh, I like, I'm the boots on the ground, Bigfoot investigator. Uh, I've done everything from dogman investigations to um, supposed people seeing craziness in the mountains around here. Uh, oh, wow. Um, it's, it's a crazy field to get into. Just let me say that. Uh, I actually got started, uh, doing the paranormal first, uh, all my life, you know, growing up being a kid, I just was interested in weird stuff. Uh, in grade school, I would go to the library. I would pick out little books that had, uh, stories about ghosts and right. folklore and things like that. And I just gravitated towards that. And the older I got, uh, the more my interest peaked. I'd go out and uh, with friends, and we would try to go to supposed, you know, abandoned places in our area, in our town where we lived at. And we would just go exploring and things like that. And it just kept growing and growing into uh, the older I've got. Um, I look back now and I think uh, some of the crazy places that I've been investigated, both in the paranormal and the cryptid field, um, it's it's been a wild ride so far. Oh, I bet. Um, I went for years, you know, doing investigations and stuff. And back in uh, January of 2020, I actually had my first Bigfoot sighting. Really? Yeah, I've. I've been doing this for a while. I, I really can't get into the, the siding right now because I've I've got another friend of mine who's doing it for his uh, YouTube channel, and he asked me to hold off on that. And I'm trying to push him, you know, um, maybe I can come back again later and we can talk more about oh, this. absolutely. with everybody. Or we can have you both on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, it's uh, it, it's it's. I've seen some crazy stuff. I'm not gonna lie. Um, well, see, and here's the thing. You say crazy stuff. Give us some examples. Well, when I was doing paranormal uh, investigations and stuff, um, me and a buddy of mine who just we just wanted to start a group up, a group up of our own. So, um. He called me up one day. He says, I've got the perfect place. He said, this woman has been getting on the Facebook page that I set up. 
and she lives in Glasgow, Kentucky, and she needs help. So I was like, okay, well, uh, let's find some more information out about what's going on there and stuff. Uh, she had little little kids. I think they range from like the age of eight all the way up to eighteen year old. Oh, uh, the one that was getting the most activity and was seeing things was the elder son and he kind of was had his room down in the basement area where it was cold and you know damp and if if it was me i would i would have slept upstairs right right uh, 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 he just i don't know it was just right from the get-go just the way things added up you know i i just felt something off the whole time uh, we're going about, we're catching good things, we, we're seeing possible orbs and pictures. Uh, we wanted to wait till we got home before we actually looked at everything and got to go through all the EVPs and things like that. Right. We're getting close to about the last hour of our investigation. We had been there all day long. Um, at the last minute, we're downstairs and we're talking with the couple and their oldest son while the young ones are upstairs. Um, I'm sitting on the steps. Uh, it's just an old open stairway. You can see right between, my, I can see right between my legs down to the floor. Um, there was nobody home in the adjacent apartments. They were empty at the time because I, we'd looked around, we asked the people that owned the property if we could just you know, check out the other apartment, and she was real nice about it. She let us in, we walked around, you know, just to make sure there wasn't any noise pollution that was coming from next door that could make them think that they were hearing voices and, you know, all this stuff that was going on. As we sit there, um, we decided to do an EVP session, and I told my buddy, Dwayne, I said, let's get out the recorders and let's get this before we head out. Uh, we're sitting there, we're talking, and we get more in debt. And all of a sudden, the uh, the lady's husband says, uh, there's a couple of things I left out and I forgot to share with you guys. And I said, okay. Um, and I looked at Dwayne, and he looked at me, and I was thinking to myself, well, usually when we do a case, first thing we ask is, we ask all kinds of questions. We want to know everything about the place. We want to know families, what's going on, if there's any type of mental mental health, uh, any type of mental disorder, make, make, make people hear voices. And uh, he looks at me like that and he says, I forgot to tell you all, um, my father used to be a preacher and he used to do exercises. Oh, Lord. And I'm like, hey, like, okay. Um, and then his son looks at me and says, I used to dabble in satanic rituals. I looked at him and I, I kind of gave him a benefit of the doubt and was waiting for that. I was just joking type of thing. It never happened. Um, they were dead serious. And it wasn't 20 minutes after that we got one of the clearest EVPs that I've heard in years. And it was a raspy voice telling us to get out. And we could, everybody down there heard it. And I, 
I jumped up, I grabbed the camera that was in my hand, I went around back behind the wall of his bedroom, there was another open area. Uh, I was just all over the place in there, me and him both were. And they were all excited, they were like, you, you heard it, you heard it, so we're not crazy. And I was like, just hold on just a second. So I told my friend Wayne, I said, you stay here. I said, the the owner of the property is still next door sitting outside. I'm going to go over and see where she's at. Well, I, I asked her, I, I said, did you, I said, is the apartment next door still open? She said, yeah, sure. Do you need to go back in there? I said, yeah, just for a second. And she's like, okay. So I went in there, upstairs, downstairs, in the basement, everything, and no one was there. So that was that was kind of creepy. That that made the hair stand up on my arms when we heard that, and we just couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Uh, when I he told me, he said when I got back, he said when you took off out the front door, he said I was out the basement door making sure there was nobody outside doing anything. I mean, we calmed the whole area. We looked for recorders, mics, just to make sure because we had to. Um, but afterwards, before we left, you know, I, I had informed the people there, uh, with all the things that we had got. And also, I'd also got, uh, scratched upstairs and touched wow. at least once that I can remember. I had a hoodie on and I thought her, the, the lady's son was behind me. Uh, but when I turned around to look, he was like 10 foot away from me, uh, he would have had to like do it real quick because I felt it on my throat, uh, just being pulled backwards. So I just, I threw that off and I was just like, uh, let's go downstairs, you know, just real quick, just get away from there. Um, what's a word, what we'd experienced and, uh, all the evidence that we caught led us to believe that it was, it was, Something had attached itself to the the husband or the oldest son. Wow. The oldest son is yeah, he's dabbling in stuff that he shouldn't be doing, and you're you're bringing things into this world that are not supposed to pay attention to us. And when right. we call and we do things like that to them, that's kind of like putting a flashlight beam on yourself. They just they'll gravitate towards you, and uh, he was, the way he talked to me, he was in the the uh, last stages of demonic possession. He was in the oppressive state. And that was something that, uh, at the time, I didn't want to get into with anyone. We, we reached out. We tried to get him help. Um, I told him, I said, you need to go to a church uh, and get prayed for, uh, whether you're Catholic go to the Catholic church, go to a priest, uh, just go somewhere and get prayed for, and just, you know, because that's what you need to do right now. I even told the husband, I said, you need to do the same thing with your, your dad doing these exorcisms and things like that. That, that's some scary stuff. That's things you don't want to mess with. And in the house, I'm sorry. Was he doing them in the house? I uh, know. Supposedly, there was a smaller piece of property that they owned. 
uh, they were going out, him and a bunch of his friends when they were younger up until, you know, just a lot, a lot. he said, he said he had stopped the year before. Um, I said, well, you done done the damage, you know, you, you bring stuff like that onto yourself. There was, I felt like there was something that was attached to him and it was a bad deal. I reached, I finally reached out to a friend of mine up in Lexington um, that I went to high school with that knew someone in the church up there that uh, got him some help and uh, they came to his home and prayed for him and it was, it's crazy. I usually try to like not fool with cases like that, but over the time I, I found myself in church and uh, getting closer to God and learning some things about myself. And I got that uh, that drive to help others, and it went it went for years. Uh, I'm in uh, minus the past two years. I'm in my thirteenth year of doing paranormal investigations. Oh wow! Uh, and paranormal research. I have a good friend of mine, uh, Marcella um, Chadwick who lives here in Harlem with me. She's she's my big sister, basically. Um, she can see those who have passed on. She doesn't like to be called a medium or a psychic. Uh, she says the gift that she has has come from God, and she doesn't use it like normal people would. Um, there's a lot of folks that have gifts like that. They like to use it to gain money. She's not in that. She wants right. to help people out, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of skeptical when it comes to people that, you know, wants money. Oh, I was. I was I'm not saying the first that's time. not real, but. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The first time I met Marcella, you know, uh, she looked at me and she was like, you don't believe me, do you? And I was like, no. She's like, well, what's it going to take? Well, after about a year of you know, experiencing things and stuff like that uh, with her, I finally, it finally stuck with me that she was, you know, I'd seen some of the things she'd done, uh, and it was, the, she's the real deal, and I'm glad that she's that type of person she wants to help, because there's not many people out there that have a gift like that, that want to help people. Right, right. Uh, but she, um, she was with me through thick and thin when uh, my, my first wife had passed away, in uh, September 2019, and then that following January of 2020 is when I had my sighting, and it was just, it was a lot to take in. Um, she just let me know right off the bat that my wife wanted me to move on, that she was waiting for me on the other side, that, wow, you know, I had to tell her it was time for her to go to rest, so... I told her it was time, you know, I was, you know, go on, you, you fought hard in this life, you deserve your rest, just go wait on me. Um, sped up a year later, I'm married again with a stepdaughter and stepson, uh, whom I love to death, and we've been married for a year, and it, it's crazy, um, because... I was I was talking to Marcella and I said I don't think I'm ever going to find anybody else again. So I'd already had it in my mind just to settle down myself 
and just be happy being single, you know. Right. right. I was I was I was like forty two year old, you know. I was just I was just ready to just chill out and just settle down on my own, and you know, just get out and do things for myself and not have to worry about you know uh, leaving someone at home or doing things. But right. she told me she said, "Well, you're going to find someone else," and I'm like. Okay, how do you know that? She said, because your wife, Melissa, told me. Melissa told me. And she called her Missy. And I was like, uh, okay. She's like, well, she says she's going to make sure that somebody gets sent to you that needed you. And uh, me and Michelle's been together over um, June 5th of last year. has been a year we've been married. Uh, and it's just, it's it's been great. I mean, I have no complaints. Um, I, getting back into um, the Bigfoot community and stuff, it, it's been kind of hard. I've been, I laid off, like I said, for about a little, little bit over a year and a half now. I just got fed up with all the arguing and, you know, you can't, you can't share anything in the communities hardly anymore without someone calling you fake or a liar like that and you know i just listened to a um, paranormal roundtable last night with josh turner and barton nunley uh barton was talking about how he had like quit the community there for a while because of the same thing and something drew him back, you know, and it's just like me again. I just, I tried to put that off, uh, and I just couldn't. I couldn't do it, you know. That's something that when I got into the paranormal and the cryptic communities both, I wanted to make friends. I wanted to help people that I could, and I have made some awesome friends. Uh, a good friend of mine from... Uh, who's a dogman and Bigfoot researcher, Elijah Henderson from Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, he's a real good friend of mine, uh, him and his mother, his sister. I love those guys to death. Um, there's there's uh, some guys, Squatch Watchers from uh, North Carolina, real bunch of cool guys. Um, Elijah runs a channel called Cryptid Studies Institute. Him and his dad before his dad and his mother passed away. Um, his dad was an awesome man. His dad was a pastor. And uh, I looked to Johnny, you know, for a lot of uh, guidance, spiritual. Right. right. He just told me, he said, man, you just need to get back in the church. So um, I take a different approach when it comes to the cryptids. Um I do use a biblical stance, but it's not like a lot of people think. Uh, there, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of people out there that are Christians that do this type of research, and not all of them are into the theory that Bigfoot's Nephilim. Um, anybody that has studied the Bible and really studied the verses of Genesis six, uh, Bigfoot's not a Nephilim. Here's a theory that I have about Bigfoot, and I believe that Bigfoot is actually the product of uh, when the watcher angels came down to Mount Hermon 
they had taught humans about war, uh, witchcraft, and sorcery, things that they shouldn't have taught them to begin Are with. Angels that got, that got kicked out of heaven? Yes. What they call the, the Watcher Angels. That is correct. Um, so when the Watcher Angels came down, it says in Genesis 6, they saw, you know, the females, women, and they saw that they were beautiful, and they took them as wives, and they done this forcibly, which created uh, the giants, men of old, men of renown, you know, the giants that supposedly roamed the earth in those days. Um, a lot of people will throw uh, the Bible out when it comes to scripted research. Uh, if you really think about it, just those two chapters six in itself in just chapter six gives you a lot of details on what possibly cryptids are in general um yeah, and i agree with you and and here's the problem i have is that once you start talking about cryptids people do not want to mix religion at all oh yeah uh, and that's and that's one thing i'm i'm not like normal people i really don't care what people think about me and my research I've I've seen things that I know that I've seen things that no one else has seen, and there's things like yourself. You have probably seen things that I've never seen. So me not being there to see what you saw, it's not right in a human stance as a man or a woman to sit and call anyone a liar because you 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 went there the time you didn't see what they saw basically. So we all need to it's give each other the shadow of a doubt and listen. If you pay enough attention to someone's body language, the way they talk, and I've learned to do that in research, uh, pay attention to the way people talk, and you will learn, you'll learn a lot. Oh, absolutely. And I learned a lot from law enforcement training that uh, I can tell when you're telling me the truth and not the truth. So, oh, yeah. you know, it, it goes hand in hand. But no matter what people say, uh, religion always comes back in hand when you talk about uh, the paranormal and especially cryptids. And, you know, you talk about the Nephilim and everything. And, you know, the ancient Egypt, the Egyptians, you know, they saw things that they couldn't understand. So they drew them. They drew a story for us to know down the road thousands of years what they encounter went through and you know and they don't want to believe it's a flying saucer you know up on the wall or yeah. aliens or big humans with big feet and, and so forth uh i do have a question though uh when you were doing the paranormal research you said you got scratch how many scratches did you receive uh, the first time that I got scratched was at uh, Bobby Mackey's. Oh, uh, so you actually went there. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a short little thing, but we were there for a little while, and uh, yeah, I did get scratched. It was it was just two scratches on my side, just enough to burn, you know, kind kind of remind me of a cat scratch. If you've ever been scratched okay. by scratched by a cat, they're all burning. Um, and I, I really couldn't. I really couldn't say that that was paranormal because there was, uh, when we were in the basement and stuff where the, the well was, you know, um, it could have been a nail because there was some, some sharp edges and things like that. It was exposed. So, 
really not being able to go back and, you know, think about where I was staying at, where I was doing at that time and look around that area. I couldn't, you know, I just threw that out the window. Have uh, you ever been scratched three times? Have, no, I have never been scratched three times. That's the marking of the Trinity. That's, that's yeah, a marking of the Trinity. Yep. So, yeah, I, 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 I tend not to do cases like that. Like I said, um, I have before, and I have best homes. Um, I wouldn't have done that a couple of years back, but now that you know, I've I've got back in a spiritual relation with God. I've got saved, baptized. I just, you know, I feel more uh, confidence in myself that through God, you know, I can have that power to do those things. Right. But I, getting back to the 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 Nephilim and stuff. Uh, real quick, a lot of people take this out of context when um, actually the Watcher Angels, uh, when it says that they sinned against man and animal, a lot of people don't read into what that means. That means that there was a mixing of DNA going on. Where we get a lot of these mythologies, these like your Greek mythology, you've got the Minotaur, you've got uh, centaurs, satyrs, all these creatures at one point in time was on the earth. When God destroyed the world with the flood, it was to get rid of the abominations and not just man in general. The biggest part of it was, but it was, he saw man's heart and he knew that it was evil. And he knew that he had to do that, so he picked the purest bloodline, the bloodline that was not tainted, that had not been touched by the Nephilim, you know, and the Watcher Angels, and that was Noah and his, his bloodline. Right. And that's the reason why he saved Noah. He put them on the ship and saved their lives so that they could just repopulate the earth because their DNA, their bloodline was pure. Uh, and all these these creatures and these things like this, I believe that, you know, they, they existed. And it's a possibility uh, that these things still exist today because it talks about later on that there were giants in the earth in those days and thereafter. Meaning these things are still somewhere. Um and I believe it's just a time before something big is going to happen and we're going to see a big rush in reports of Dogman, of Bigfoot, of Gugwees, of these all different types of cryptids from around the world. We're going to start seeing them. Uh, and right now, they're just because of the shows that are on television, um, there's more people that are just wanting to get out and, you know, and just go into the woods and look for Bigfoot. But, you know, I try to caution folks, you know, be careful what you wish for because you'll run into something that's literally going to change the way you see the world in general. And my sighting did me that way. And it was, it was totally, totally not what I expected at all. And oh, I imagine. I could have uh, yeah. now see now you brought up Dogman, and there's a lot of people have different theories about Dogman. 
But if you go back to the Egyptian times, they have paintings with humans with dog faces. Anubis. We have right. Anubis, the guardian of the underworld, who was at the end of the sticks that helped guide the souls through, you know? Yep. And I think Satan opened the gates of hell and let the demons out to cause havoc on earth. That's my opinion about Dogman. You know, I may be right, I may be wrong. Everybody's got their own opinions. And I believe that the closer uh, we get to the end of times, and there is an end of times coming, um, it talks about how the he'll he'll let the the wild animals of the field, and it will take apart so many thousands of people. And if they were killing, I, I believe that it's a possibility that these creatures that are in hiding are going to be unleashed on the world. And like I said, that's a possibility. It's something that I believe. Um, and it, it, and if so, there's, you know, it's these, these creatures that are roaming the earth that have been seen for hundreds of years, Bigfoot and Dogman, a lot of the reports, they are seven foot and above, well over 500 pounds. We're talking something that is built to hunt, to kill um, Bigfoot the same way. Uh, I'll give a little description. The one that I saw was well over seven foot tall. Wow. It was a brownish, reddish looking color. And... I don't call it a 100% sighting, even though I tell this story to a lot of folks. They say, yeah, it was you seeing what you saw. It was a Bigfoot. There's no other way to say it. Um, he kind of turned just a little bit when he heard me, and I didn't get to see the face, but I seen the right ear, and it was, it was small like mine, but the earlobe was fat, kind of reminded me of Buddha. You know what I mean? The statue of Buddha. So um, I can't say 100% that it was, even though I got to see the feet, the calf muscles, and I'm talking like bodybuilder-style calf muscles. And it was just crazy. I don't want to go into too much until the rest of that gets out, and then uh, I'll come back on and actually sit down and go detail for detail and share with the rest of the audience. I probably would have dropped a bit of a heart attack right then and there. So. It scared me. That's one of the reasons why I'd quit, you know, going back into the area that I was at. You know, I just give it up, and it's on some family property. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't tell anywhere, you know, where it was at. Didn't tell no one about it. It just set for some friends and a lot of good friends that are in the community. I let them know what was going on and stuff, but it's. It, it it was crazy. Like I said, it scared me enough to where I was out for a little bit. And uh, I'm getting ready to, like I said, get back into that research. So I'm uh, looking forward to, like, going back up there and this time with some firepower, if you know what I mean. I'm not going up there without something, you know, to protect myself because this thing, if it wanted to, it could have hurt me bad. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I would be so, so covered with stuff i probably wouldn't be able to run but you probably would hear this so oh yeah 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, that's that's something else that I give uh, advice on to folks that want to get into this type of research. Uh, a lot of people believe that these creatures don't exist. Uh, you can listen to them and take in what they're saying, but until you get out into the field and then you experience something that yourself, you're going to realize real quick that this is nothing to play with. These things are real. They will hurt you. There are a lot of sighting reports out there where folks, they've walked right up within feet of a Bigfoot. And it just totally ignore and turn around and walk off back into the wood line or across the bike path and just go about its own way. You know, and there's a lot of instances where these things charge at folks. They have been known throughout historical stories. To, I mean, you got Eight Canyon. Uh, they got those guys in that in that cabin and bombarded it with rocks and everything. And they can be mean when they want to. Uh, so don't take a chance. Why would you want to take a chance? That's like the equivalent of walking up to a lion and smacking him on his on his nose and saying, "Bad kitty cat." That line's going to pounce on you. Don't take that chance. Whether you don't want to take a firearm with you or a knife or bear spray, do so just in case. Always think, not about the bad scenario, but just in case you have to have it, it's there. Well, then you got all these crews out there that's non-kill. We don't want to kill Bigfoot. But let me tell you something, if it comes down to my line for that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm no kill, but I do carry something around with me that keeps me safe, and I will not use it unless it's the last thing I have to do. Because to looking at this, I thought, this is a person. I thought it, it was a person. It was built like this thing was built like a person. It was built like a human. It had muscle features. You could see the muscle. And still though, I if it would have turned around and came towards me in an aggressive manner and I screamed and said stop and it didn't, it would have got dropped. That's just the way things are. You have to protect yourself. I would have tried for a leg shot. I wouldn't want to do a kill shot. Just enough, take it down just enough for me to get away would be the ultimate thing. I don't think I could shoot to kill, but I would kill to harm it and put it down a little bit so that I could get away. And you would have to because when those things got a hold of you, you're dead. You're done for. Well, let's take the Alaska Triangle. It's over a little bit over, I think, 8,000 people missing. Oh, yeah. And we're, talking, we're talking no clothes, no rifles, no hunter orange, no camping gear, just mm -hmm. off the face of the earth. And then we got the Appalachian Trail that runs through Kentucky, the Virginias, and the Carolinas, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, right straight through. I mean, Harlan is right on the tip of, you know. That's right. It is. It's, it's, it's the... Hundreds of people go missing every year. Yes, you know, they do. On the Appalachian Trail, and it, it's 
it's it's a sad ordeal. That's why you should be prepared. Whether you think you're going on a hike, you make sure you take enough food to do you at least 24 hours, enough water to do you 24 hours. Um, take you something so you can, um, if you can get one, a flare. A flare gun is good to have. That way, uh, you know, crews are out looking and they're at a distance. You can signal to them and let them know where you're at. But especially in the area where I live out here in Harlan County, there, you know, it's it's crazy terrain. Right. And it's easy to get lost if you don't know um, how to get back. And you people can be taught. Uh, if you can get to a survival class anywhere in any state, there's a lot of places. Um, you're going to have at least one person close by that will as teaching a survival type class. That's one of the best things to do if you're going to get into cryptid field and you're going to get out and do boots on the ground research. Uh, they teach you, you know, to be safe, to pack things for the just in case, like I was saying, and that's for survival. Anyone needs to take a course like that. Um, I'm glad that I grew up in the area where I have because I was taught things like that. It's kind of like something that was handed down right. uh, through generations. Uh, we were taught how to do things, how to live off the land, how to survive if you have to be put in a situation like that. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad to say that with confidence, I can go into the mountains here where I live with not a knife or anything in my pockets, and I can survive. And that's, that's just through over the years of getting out when I was a teenager and going into the mountains and going camping for the whole weekend and not even taking a knife or food and just going out and, you know, uh, finding food. There's so much different types of things out there in the wild that you can eat. You just have to take these courses. you got to study uh, the plants, the flora and fauna in your area. Um, and another thing also that I want to stress, um, learn your native, native animal species. Learn those prints, folks. You don't know how many people have sent me photos of supposed Bigfoot prints, and it was actually by black bear. Um, they tend to walk in their steps a lot and sometimes right. it, it, looks like a, it looks like an elongated bigfoot footprint you know like a human right but usually the 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 kicker is claws i have hardly i think i've seen one set of prints in the past i will say six years that had a claw and you could tell it wasn't a call call. It was more or less like a nail that had overgrown. Um, those claws are a good giveaway that it's a bear track most of the time. You just you just got to learn to study them. Uh, study raccoon, possum, any fox, anything. Just sit and study those footprints. And you'll learn more about your, your, your surroundings and stuff. You'll feel more confident and it, it it's always good to know those things in case you are put in a situation like that to where you have to survive. Yeah, I mean you actually I mean you're absolutely right. 
I mean, you got to have that knowledge. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did have a friend of mine. Uh, I haven't got to talk to him in a while. I, that reminds me. Uh, I'll get to talk to him a little bit. He's from uh, Australia, and he is a, uh active uh, Yowie researcher. And uh, I'll have to get a hold of him, and the next time that uh, I come on and do something, maybe I can get him to come on with me. Yeah, and, that'd be great. And you can ask him some questions and things like that. He's a cool dude. I've known him for a couple of years now. Um, we go back and forth on theories and stuff like that, and he finds something cool in uh, his area where he's looking for Yowie. He'll let me know about it and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's been a, it's been just a little bit since I've got to talk to him, so I need to touch base and see how he's going anyway. So that'll give me the opportunity to see how he's doing and stuff. That'd be uh, awesome. But um, yeah, it's 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 been a crazy ride in my fort in my short forty four years that I've been on this earth. I've seen some crazy things. Uh, seen a lot of things I wish I hadn't seen. Um, I also have a background um, in a, as a volunteer firefighter and uh, a professional wrestler on the independent scene when I was younger. That's one of those kind of like little stupid things you do when you're young. Right. Yeah, that was my little stupid stunt that I pulled for about eight years. Oh, wow. Uh, I ended up paying for it later on in life. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I've experienced a lot of things that most folks have never experienced before. Um, I've tried to live life and um, always look at things twice. Was some some good advice from my grandmother when I was younger. Um, and I have looked at some things twice just to make sure, you know, what I was looking what I was seeing is what I was seeing, you know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, you, you keep saying that you look twice at things, at some of the things you've seen. What are these things or creatures that you're referring to? Um, I have I've seen a couple things. Um, let's see. Let me give you an example. Uh, Paranormal-wise, I thought what I saw was a... Um, Looked like a troll one time on the uh, riverbank. I was I was a little younger. Um, I would say right around six, almost seven years old. It was uh, February, I think. It I think this was back in '86. Um, just on the riverbank, me and cousins playing, and we kept hearing stuff up above us on the railroad tracks. You had the railroad tracks, then it would go down the hill, then the riverbank. And we would like to play on the riverbank a lot when we were younger. We would get down there, we would get sticks, act like we was pirates, you know, just doing just a little imagination running wild. Um, we kept hearing something up behind us on the railroad tracks. Um, at first, it sounded like someone, to me, was walking down the railroad tracks because you could hear the rocks clinging, you know, those hard quartz gravels up there hitting each other and stuff so we really didn't pay much attention to it but i did i was very very attentive 
Um, I don't know if it was just nerves when I was a kid or what, but I always paid attention to everything. Um, but I remember we we were joking around and things like that. And uh, I remember my cousin telling me it was a booger monster. And I'm like, you're stupid. Let's just go on. So there was some big rocks that we used to play on that was into some shallow water that when we were younger, um, my mom and grandparents and stuff would come down there. We would jump off into the water and stuff like that. So we all climbed on up there. Sometimes you could look off. You could see the fish on a good day when the water was good and clear. Uh, we were up there. We decided um, to lay down on the rock and look at the fish. So we're looking over, and, we, you know, we're seeing catfish. We're seeing, you know, river shiners and stuff like that. All of a sudden, we hear something rustling like it was stepping on sticks, you know, like it was coming down closer to where we at, were at on the riverbank. There was brush and briars and things like that. I look up, and I just so happened to notice I could see something. Uh, I don't know. It kind of looked like to me whatever it was was crouched down in the bars. Um, about this time, my cousin to my left is earshot from where I'm at. He said, what is that? He said, is that a bear? I said, no, they're... We haven't seen bear around here in this year, and at this time, you know, we didn't get a big bear population until the past 15, you know, this past 15 years. Right. And there wasn't, you know, we would see bobcats, we would see, um, you know, neighborhood animals, raccoons, possums, things like that. Deer, you would hardly ever see a bear back then. Uh, but this thing was crouched down, and he said, what is that? And I said, I don't know. Whatever it was that I thought I was seeing at the time, I just thought it was someone that was crouched down because I could see the top of a head. I could see something on the sides of the head. I, I really wasn't sure to make out what it was um, until it kind of looked like it turned away. We could hear something pop up on the railroad tracks, which sounded like to me it was, to me it sounded like, the gravel from the railroad tracks clacking together again. I don't know if there was something up there with this thing or if it was just a wild animal, but it turned around and went back up the side of the hill, and it was kind of given... I don't want to make fun of anyone, but people with dwarfism, there's certain types of dwarfism. Uh the bone structure, the legs are not as long, and some of them have to swing their hips. Right, this, right. This was the way that this thing was running, but it ran at a slant up the side of the railroad tracks, get up to the railroad tracks itself and to cross. You could see, I could see the hook nose, and there is a character on a video game, these things that are called orcs. They have these pointed ears and this hooked nose. Well, this thing looked like to me, it was about, I, I would say a good two and a half to three foot tall. And it looked like it had on a old potato sack. Um, back when I was younger, they used to sell potatoes still like that. They would have them in this, kind of like a burlap sack. Right. 
and it looked like this thing, that's what it was wearing. And it had a, looked like a piece of white rope tied around its waist. And it, when we seen that, we all took off running screaming and we told my grandparents about it and they just brushed it off. You know, you all got some imagination, you know, things like that, but we seen it and it was crazy. Um, wow. I don't know if, if it was imagination being that young, but I don't think it was uh, because there was my four other cousins with me that seen this thing at the same time. So, and we all seen the same thing. We seen this thing. And I remember my, my cousin Robert saying, uh, it was wearing a potato sack. And I was like, you seen it too. He was like, yeah, it was wearing a potato sack. And, but it, it was crazy. Um, a lot of those creatures, uh, are linked to what in the paranormal community is uh, what they call elementals. Elementals are a non-living spirit that has never had a human body. Um, you find them out in a lot of element areas, elemental, you know, out in the open in nature, um, leprechauns, fairies, trolls, those type of creatures are linked to elementals and they have been seen and i seen something like that when i was a kid and it's um there's things out there that we don't understand there's things that we're not meant to see uh there's a lot of bad stuff out there i believe that god keeps from us all you know and there's it there's going to come a time when he wants us to see things, you know, it, it's it's going to happen. But uh, slowly but surely, some of these things are, whether it's Bigfoot, paranormal stuff, whether it's elemental spirits, demons, they're slowly making their way into our world. And it's it's kind of scary to think that, but I just, before I get off here, um, I just got some warnings for some folks. Uh, and first warning that I have, if you're thinking about getting into the paranormal field, um, first research. I'm talking get on the computer, get any type of material, book that you can think of, and study. Research it. Get with someone that knows what they're doing. Don't get with just someone that says, hey, yeah, uh, I'm a ghost hunter or I'm a paranormal investigator. Get under someone that you know that knows some stuff about it because you can get yourself into some big trouble. Uh, demon possession is real. Demons are real. Uh, they will make your life a living hell. So you have to learn and be safe. Be careful. Stay away from Luigi boards. Stay away from scrying mirrors. Um, those type of things are just gateways for these demonic entities to come through and attach themselves to you, a loved one, an object. 
and it does happen. Um, number two, if you're thinking about getting into looking for Bigfoot or other cryptids, you know, Loch Ness Monster, uh, aquatic creatures and things like that, research. Get your hands on everything you can, read it, study it, then find someone, again, that is actively out in the field, researching, learn what you can from them, and then go from there. Always take, I don't care what anyone tells you, either take some type of firearm, some type of weapon, a bear spray, in the woods with you. Make sure you have a backpack that is full of something that you can survive off of being food, water, and shelter. It's always good to make a small uh, pre-hiking pack, is what I like to call it. It's stuff that I have in my hiking backpack already with my Campbell pack and everything else that uh, gives me 24 hour, hours, I'm sorry, 24 hours of, of water, food, and shelter. Uh, you need, it's always good to either put matches, a lighter of some type, and a knife. Um, learn animal prints that are native to your area. Learn the animals, because you don't want a bear or a, a panther or a mountain lion or something big, big cat like that sneaking up on you and right. taking you out. Um, just be safe. Always be aware of where you're at. Listen, pay attention, uh, because if you pay attention, you're going to get some good, good evidence, uh, and you'll miss some things if you don't pay attention. So. Um, that's, that's my story. I'm just, um, I'm just your average paranormal encrypted investigator, researcher. Um, I've learned some things. I've seen some things and, uh, I just want to help folks if I can. That's one of the reasons why I do the podcast that I do is to bring people on that have experienced things so they can talk about it. Uh, a lot of folks get PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, from seeing yes, things. And it's, it's a real thing. And I've known hunters that have hunted all their lives and they've seen a Bigfoot and they don't want to go back into the woods no more. You know, I've, I've known a friend of mine who sold his property. He's seen something on it. and he said it looked like a big, a big man wolf thing, and I said a dog man. He said, "Yeah, I've heard that before. What is that?" So I explained to him, you know, it's supposedly a cryptid that walks up, canine like. Uh, there's different types. You have some that have a foot like a human, and some you have like a dog um, that has the backward bending knee. You know, um, yeah, and they're they're those type seem to me are like the classic werewolf type. Uh, vicious. He said that this looked like someone had taken 
a large, he said extremely large German Shepherd. He said, but it had yellow eyes. He described to me that the ears stood up on the head. Uh, it panted. You know, it was panting, and he could see its breath because it, it was, like, real cool in the uh, in the springtime when he seen it. And he just saw it from his deer stand, and it scared him to death, and he went and sold his property, and it was it was bad for him. He didn't want to have anything to do with that property. He told his dad, he said, I'm going to sell it. So his, his dad ended up buying it off of him so they could keep it in the family and stuff. But uh, as far as I know, to this day, there's there's nobody goes on that property just because of him seeing that. He's scared to let anyone out there. Um, he's noticed certain areas. He said uh, there used to be an oak tree right in the middle of this good hunting property that he had. Uh, there were some trees that was cut back from it. And he would stick uh, deer feeders and uh, stuff like that in there. You know, deer cane. He planted all the way around it. Then he had these deer stands up in there. He would sometimes he would go out there in the evening and just sit and watch that. Um, he would go out there and it would look like something that went through and just ran through over everything. There was um, what he. What he first thought was deer rubs, he said, turned out to be something with some claws, tore up some trees, and he could smell urine. And he said, "This is not." He said, "This is not deer urine." He said, "This is distinctively kind of like dog pee." He said, "Very ammonia-like." He said, "It was. It just stunk high heaven." And he said, I didn't pay no attention to that. He said, I didn't see, you know, it didn't cross my mind that I was going to see something like that. And he said, but I'm done. He said, I'm done with that place. He said, uh, I, I give it back to dad. I sold it real cheap to dad. So dad didn't want it sold to nobody else. So, um, but I've, he's come through here through Harlem before and I've asked him to go into the woods with me and he just won't do it. He just, you can just see it, he, in it, that look in his eye, he's scared. And uh, I'm talking about a man that was active, an active hunter, um, had been to Alaska, went fishing, and went bear hunting, and he just lost all interest in it, separated his, him and his wife, went through a rough spell and everything. It causes traumatic stressed folks i mean it's something that you can't deal with when we're told that these things don't exist and then one day you just pop up and just it's right there um i wasn't looking for the thing that i saw it just happened all i had was a backpack i went up there to just get away from everybody and everything like i said my wife had passed away i just needed nature Needed to get back, you know, and just clear my mind. Just I'd plan going up there, sitting underneath the tree, and just chilling out for a little bit. And uh, this I, this thing pops right up in front of me over the hill, and that was it. Just it was a crazy experience. It uh, it it stuck with me. 
Uh, I'm I'm hesitant still going up there, but like I said, I'm taking something with me this time. So um, I, I'm I'm a little bit more confident, you know, um, about everything. Um, but I'm also uh, with 2018. I had started uh, a convention in Harlan, Kentucky, called the Harlan, Kentucky CryptoCon. We have a Facebook page. Uh, you can go to it, and it will give out give you some information on the con and stuff. Um, we've done it in 2018, done it in 2019. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, we're hoping to do it again in 2023. So, uh, anyone out there that wants to know anything about it, uh, I'll keep updates on there uh, with speakers. All that good stuff, vendors, all that, you know, and, uh, <clears throat> sorry. That's all right. Um, you guys can just keep up on that. Um, hopefully by every speaker that we can get scheduled down and things like that, uh, we'll put it on the Facebook page. So folks will be able to get on there. They'll be able to see who's going to be speaking and all that good stuff. Uh, who's going to be a vendor there? But it, it's going to be a cool thing, you know. I really enjoyed the 2018 and 2019 one we got to do, and then COVID shut us down, and <clears throat> it was just a bad deal. <clears throat> yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. It, you know, talking about Dog Man. Uh, about two or three months ago, I had a copy of an autopsy report. And usually when you get these, you can tell they're fake and all this stuff. And this one actually had the seals, the pictures, the stamps, everything. So it looked 100% legit. So as I was going through the autopsy report, from the doctor, and reading the uh, descriptions of the wounds and the lacerations and so forth. And, and one more read, and at the end, he concluded it was a pack of dogs that killed this person. And I sat there for a second, and I was like, a pack of dogs usually will just bite, 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 then run away. Exactly. They're not going to slash you open. They're not no. going to pull your arms out of the sockets. So that tells you the government knows about it. They know they're real. They know oh, yeah. they're out there. You know, 1954, Roosevelt signed a treaty in a hangar with aliens. We don't know what the treaty stated. That was confirmed last year by his granddaughter that came forward. Well, I've, I've got a friend, Jody Cook, of uh, the North American Dogman Project, who I have uh, done interviews with a couple times. Uh, they know they're out there because he has had military personnel on his front porch uh, numerous occasions over these type of things. Um, uh, there wasn't the instance that uh, happened at the LBL. Um, my friend Elijah had uh, done an interview. 
It's the land between the lakes. That's right. It's, it is uh, right on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky. So it's it's a very beautiful place. The park is awesome. Um, but just that that kind of stain of that story that left on that area, anyone that knows anything about cryptids, uh, the case there back in the 80s where the couple and the, the, child, the young children were supposedly killed. Uh, and then you had this guy that came forth that's claimed to have been there and been a survivor of it. There was a lot of backlash with that. Um, there was folks were talking about Elijah and Johnny. It was it was bad, and I was I was just like, you know, I was went into defensive mode. I just told folks I said, "You all just need to chill out and not talk about Johnny and Elijah. They were the ones that are doing the interview with this person that claims that he was there." We, as podcasters, we bring these stories to you. That is right. It's up to you whether you believe it or not. We're not telling you to believe it. We're just bringing the story to you. That is correct. But they got the brunt of this, and uh, it caused this Roger guy, who claimed to be the survivor of that incident, and Jody to fight basically over all this and it was just it's it was crazy it was a lot of it was <clears throat> excuse me hope that wasn't too loud no you're fine um a lot of it was um he said she said um but there were some things you know that didn't add up in his story that made me scratch my head and jody being in um a former police officer picked up on it too and jody's blunt he's kind of aggressive style you know military style type of you know man and um he's not afraid to tell you what he thinks and it just came off as being, you know, he was being hateful in the situation when he was just saying what he thought, basically. And this Roger guy just took it the wrong way. And um, I wasn't there. I'm not going to say I don't believe the guy. There are part of his story, things in his story does not add up. Um, but, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see what he saw, what he went through, what he supposedly went through, whatever, however you want to take it, folks. Um, but I give him benefit of the doubt. Um, it's a possibility that he did see those things. Right. I'm not going to call him a liar. You know, he, he might have went through all that. There, those, there's things out here in this world we don't understand. You know, that's why on my Facebook pages, you know, I don't allow any negative comments, bullying, hate speech. Because they always ask me, Grizzly, watch this video and tell me if it's real or not. And I always tell them I didn't take the video. I wasn't there. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you know it or not, but I have a page. It's uh, the uh, the un 
Encrypted Research Society of Southeastern Kentucky. Uh, if you want to be a member on there, just uh, I'll send you over an invite and stuff, and you can post on there all you want to. Yeah, pages. It's so you a, can post on ours too. Okay, and we've I've got close to three thousand followers on there. I'm very very surprised that just over the past couple of years, you know, how many people has come on the page and stuff, and I allow folks to post things on there if they want to, as long as it's not vulgar, especially if it's like. Um, podcast, anything cryptid, paranormal, um, feel free to go ahead and post it on there. Like I said, as long as it's not vulgar, there's no bad mouthing on there. There's no bullying at all. Right. Um, you just, if you don't want to listen to it and you think it's crazy, then just don't get on the page. That's just the way. Exactly. Just don't listen to their story. Find something uh, else to listen to. Go to another group. Laughing emojis or anything like that. Yeah, just just go about your business. Just don't, you know, this goes back to the old school saying, if you can't say nothing nice to someone, then don't say nothing at all. Absolutely. That's the way I'm old school. I was raised up, you know, in the 90s as a teenager, in the, uh, you know, early 80s into the 90s. And I was taught, you know, be nice to people. I was taught manners. And there's a lot of people out there that act like they they don't have any manners. We call those keyboard warriors. Yeah. I see you've got, you've got a couple people on here that are saying hi. Good afternoon, you all. Hello. Hello, Hi. everybody. Welcome to the Grizzly Show. I heard that the spirits can follow you. Oh, well, yeah. Spirits that. can follow you. Yeah, most definitely spirits can follow you. They can they can attach to you. Um, there's, uh, there's, I can't, I can't remember how many um, investigations that I've been on that people has been touched, claimed to be touched, or you know, and scratched. Like I said, I've been scratched twice. Uh, I've been touched three times that I can remember. Uh, the, what got me, actually got me into the paranormal was when I was 16 year old, I was dating a girl in the area um, in Harlan called Wallens Creek. And uh, she lived in a three-story, uh, what we call old coal camp houses. Harlan County is a coal mining, back in the day was a coal mining giant. Oh, yeah. In the industry. Um, and that's where they send a lot of state police. Uh, yeah. Their rookies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but it's very rich, rich culturally. Culturally, I'm sorry. Um, you know, type of town. Um, Coal mining in this area goes back um, into the 1800s uh, when they were pushing it out by truck and dumping it into a pile. And uh, it's come so far from mechanical operation. Now they have these miners that they can take these miners, which are the machine that actually eats the coal out of the mountain. They, you got your miner that stands way back with a controller now, 
and it's like driving an RC car, you know. Wow. And from the old school days where you were actually in the miner itself, like a front end loader, you're operating that thing. You're having to drive it forward and drive it back. Um, it's still all dangerous. Uh, it's helped out over the years. But this area in this town is steeped in lore and myth. Uh, I couldn't tell you uh, all the myths and stories that are in this county alone, you know, with craziness and stuff like that. But um, I love this area. Um, so we were, the house was blue. It sets all the way up in Wallens Creek. Anyone from Harlan that hears the story, they'll probably remember where it's at, but it's no longer standing. Uh, but it was an old cold camp house, and a lot of these homes then, they were built to last. There's still some of these homes that people are living in, and they're well over 100 years old. Um, we were upstairs. She had this balcony. Uh, it was it was a cool, cool place. We would go and set out in the summertime, and I would always throw my feet up on the balcony. Uh, they had teased me, like, for months prior that the house was haunted. Uh, and, you know, I just kept telling them, you know, you're crazy, you're crazy. So uh, her mom, girl's mom I was saying at the time, told me, she said, you wait, it's going to get you. And I was like, yeah. She's like, no, mom's not playing. She's telling you the truth. You're going uh -oh. to see something for too long. Well, a couple, couple weeks before, after this instance, um, her brothers asked me to come and spend the night with them uh she was going to a friend to spend the night with her so i was like okay yeah i'll come up and hang out with you guys um we're in there we're playing nintendo back in the day this is in the 90s of course um upstairs on the balcony there was the old school heavy door that was thick solid wood door uh that had a glass pane in the middle of it and if you hit the wall, it's going to draw the walls. And um, I remember them telling me, you know, if we get up here and we start playing video games and uh, the door slams, just ignore it. It's nothing. It's just a ghost. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay. Well, these guys are trying to scare me. They're, they're trying to set me up. Um, her oldest brother, the room that we was in, he didn't have a door, so he had took a... Uh, a blue sheet and it hung it up in the doorway uh we had left uh, the upstairs door closed so when you would open up the upstairs door you would see the sh his sheet in the doorway go out because of airflow right um we were sitting there we're playing this game we're all getting into it we're cutting acting up and all of a sudden i see out the corner of my eye i see the sheet go out into the hallway little bit and then i see it come real slow back in and we could hear a tap out in the hallway and you look right straight down the hallway and you could see right to the balcony area where the door was at and he goes uh oh it's get ready to start and i'm thinking to myself what's well, gonna start he said that door's gonna start opening and shutting um he said 
if you really want to prove your worth, he says, and, and prove to us you're just not some weenie or something, he says, when the door opens back up, go shut the door and lock it. So I'm like, okay. I said, I'll go shut the door. I'm not scared. Um, we're sitting over playing some more. I was sitting out the corner of my eye. I see the sheet, and it goes far out this time. And he goes, it's open all the way up this time because I could hear the door handle hit the wall. And it kind of bounced off of a little bit. And I was like, all right. So I get, get up, stick my head out underneath the sheet out into the hallway and I'm looking down there and the door's wide open. I get out of the bedroom doorway. I maybe take four steps and this door slams so hard that it jars the windows in the house. And I turn around and I hauled it right back through there. I'm six foot tall. And now I'm about 330, but back then I was about 275, and I was playing football. I knocked down all three boys and jumped onto, jumped onto one of their beds and was just like, what was that? And they were like, I'm telling you, uh, this place is haunted. And I was like, I just, I brushed it off, basically, and uh, had it in my mind that they was trying to set me up, you know, just mess around with me and stuff. A um, couple weeks later, I'm with uh, this girl. We're outside on the balcony. Um, she had, you know, kittens and stuff downstairs that we we was just down there playing with. So we come upstairs and we're sitting out there on the balcony. And I throw my feet up on the balcony and I, we're kicked back in the glider. We're sitting there. We're just, you know, gliding back and forth, just talking and. I kept feeling something hit the bottom of my pants leg, you know, and uh, I'm like, what in the world? And I'm thinking to myself, it's a cat, you know. Uh, it keeps doing it, does it a couple more times, so I stick my hand down to, like, pet the cat because I kept feeling it, I mean, like a solid thing right. rubbing up against the back of my leg. Um, I kept feeling and feeling, still didn't feel it. It done it again. So finally, I jumped up and I said, you know, I said, she said, what's wrong? I said, this cat keeps rubbing my leg. I'm trying to figure out where it's at. Well, I looked down underneath the glider and there's nothing there. She said, she said, the kittens are downstairs. They can't get up here. We're upstairs. There was no steps to get off of the balcony up there. And there was no way for the kittens to get up there. And about the time that I, she says that, I look down and I can see my pants leg moving and I can feel something up against me, my leg. Um, all at the same time, she had this lightweight wooden screen door on the balcony there. It opens up just a crack and it closes. And I'm sitting there watching and I'm watching the screen door and looking down at my pants, and my pants are still moving. And I feel like a hand grab around my ankle. And when it done that, I moved, and the screen door opened up about six inches and shut real quick. And then it done it again, and it got wider and wider to where it was completely open and slammed. I didn't take the time to open the screen door up. I ran completely through it. I ran to the top of the steps, to the first landing, jumped, and then jumped back down. 
I rode right in front of her mom who's sitting in a recliner and she is cracking up. She said, see, I told you this place was haunted. And ever since then, I we have seen orbs, I mean physical manifestation that were kind of like jelly blobs is what I call them big and bright. And they had plexiglass on the window one night. We was messing around with it and stuff and we were calling it stupid. And something was on the porch beating on the plexiglass and there was nobody out there. And you could see it give it flex in the window. It was crazy in that place. And since then, this was 95. I <clears throat> had been hardcore into the paranormal. That's what got give me that boost to get in there, you know, and start my journey of finding out what's what's going on out there. We got a gentleman says, good afternoon, Jim. We have another person says that it took me over 40 years to tell my story to anyone. Well, that's one of the reasons why we do the podcast. Let everybody know that you're not the only one out there. Oh, yeah. That sees things. So or gone through any issues. Um, I also found out later that uh, I am empathic. Uh, For a lot of people that don't know what empathic is, um, being an empath, you pick up on a lot of negative and positive energy in a place. Um, I've been to graveyards before where I've been struck with just the awfulest sorrow and just bust out crying for no apparent reason. And then realize that I'm picking up on the energy that was left in the space. Uh, I know when things are bad in an area because I get this pressure uh, around me. It's kind of like walking through water. Basically, that's the way I feel. Uh, When I feel that, I know there's something bad there. Um, I give off an aura. Uh, that is very bright, and spirits tend to run from me now. Uh, it's hard for me to get any communication. Um, my my big sis Marcella, she's like, I'm gonna have to stop bringing you places if you know this is going to continue to happen. But uh, over time, I've I've got some EVPs and stuff like that, so that shows me that they're still. They're still around. They're just kind of staying back away. Um, I've been told by some people that have gifts that it's a lot of it has to do with um, my prayers and things like that. That I say, you know, I've I've always asked, you know, Michael the Archangel will come and always watch around me and my family and everywhere I go, and that that's that spiritual energy that's right there with me. And that could be what is keeping spirits, you know, back and not getting that good activity like I've seen before. I mean, I've seen, I know they exist. I've seen the aftermath of what they have done. I've literally seen things through off of refrigerator tops, magnets pulled off. Uh, I've seen glasses thrown, uh, all kinds of different objects. Uh, and it's it's just crazy. Um, but you know that's that's my life. 
you know, this is what I do. I want to help folks. I want you to understand that there are people out there that have experienced the same thing you've experienced or crazier. You know, just listen. Keep an open mind. Uh, don't be quick to judge someone. Um, I have I have heard some some doozies now when it comes to Bigfoot and the paranormal. Oh, brother, have I heard some? And uh, it's some that will make you scratch your head and make you think, uh, "What? Okay, uh, is this person mentally sane?" You know, I never right. would say that. But, but on the other hand, yeah. You think, what if? Exactly. And that's what always comes back, that what if. So I keep an open mind that's, you might think they're nuts, but it's possibility. You know, that's that's the mindset you need to have if you're going into the paranormal, if you're going into this type of cryptid research. Just have an open mind, guys. Um, I've heard uh, a lot of people in the cryptid community don't believe in the rule. Um, we don't know enough about these things to for anyone to point a finger and say you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, right? So keep an open mind, even if you don't agree with what they have to say. Uh, if you have a question, ask the question, but do it in a way that you're not coming off as a butthole. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. You don't want to insult the person. Exactly. Be nice about it. Be courteous. Treat people the way you want to be treated. But, uh, yeah, that that's my crazy life so far, man. Uh, uh, getting back into research, getting the uh, Bigfoot call me and Jennifer McDaniels, my, my partner in crime. We're going to get back at it hopefully next year and make it big. And uh, you, anyone that's listening, you want to find out more information, you can go to Harlem Crypto Con uh, page on Facebook. And give us a follow. And as soon as we get things going with vendors, speakers, all that good stuff, we will be posting it up on there. Uh, if you guys would like to post any type of sighting, uh, a podcast that you like, go to the Unknown Encrypted Research Society of Southeastern Kentucky. Uh, be sure you post on there. Uh, share your stories. Share your own sightings. Um, and I'm sure now that Grizz knows he he can go in there and post stuff. If you got a story that you want to share, uh, I'm sure he's gonna be on there. I'll be on there with my Appalachian Tales of Terror podcast. Uh, you guys can come to either one of us. We'll talk, sit down and talk. Let you share your story with folks. Uh, just be sure to keep this mindset. That there's going to be people out there that's going to troll you. They're going to say things that are going to upset you. Don't act on it. Just ignore those people. They didn't experience what you experienced. They haven't seen what you've seen. So you just got to keep that mindset and be the bigger person. And because all they're looking for is for you just to keep going so they can keep you going. People get a kick off that. And you got to remember it's there's some sad people out there in this world. You know, some people that that's what they live for, just to get into these communities and just make people all upset. Don't give them, don't give them the opportunity to make you mad. Just ignore them. 
I got a question here. It says, whenever I'm asked if I think a picture is fake or real or real or fake, I just tell them it's not for me to judge. And that's absolutely true. That's right. I agree by that. Because I've seen photographs where people says, look, there's a dog man right there in the bush. And they draw a picture of a dog man with eyes and a snout. And it's like, it's right there. Can you see it? Exactly. Exactly. I I, I get pictures like that at least once a day looking at them in these face in these groups. I'm part of so many groups. I, I, I tend to just hang out in the background. Uh, listen to the stories, read the stories, the sightings, uh, you know, and just get uh, a, a picture of what they saw and things like that in my mind and how, you know, just take it all in of what they're giving out to try to get a p- mental picture of what they saw and what was going on. And there has been some drag out, throw down, awful, you know, sailor talking type of language on there it's, it's just crazy the way some people just take take it to heart that you don't believe a blue picture that you've got on there um and you're saying it's bigfoot and someone else tells you no uh don't get so upset because some folks can see things that you can't see and sometimes the creatures will not appear in front of you, but appear in front of somebody else. Oh, yeah. I I believe a lot of these things that we call wood boogers, Bigfoot, dogmen, there's there's something that they can go between whatever world they want to. And dogmen to me is something that is not nice. Even though I've heard stories, I've heard sightings where people said they were, they've petted them, they've seen little ones running around or running across the road. I, exactly. I don't, I don't see something looking the way it looks, acting the way it's act. We're talking about something that is wild, that has animalistic nature. Absolutely. Uh, you can't trust them. It's all be be safe out there, people. It's it. I mean, I look know. at all the people that take wild animals in and have them for pets. And sooner or later, what happens? They turn around and they bite them and attack them. Oh yeah, I've well myself. I've taken in baby raccoons and squirrels and things like that that's been hurt and injured and. You have to let them back out. If not, you are taking a chance when something does happen and they make you upset and you just take them and just put them out. They're not going to be able to defend for themselves. So right. you have there's steps that you have to do. You have to introduce them back to nature slowly and try your best to teach them how to look for things, look for food, and get them back out to the wild because they're wild animals. You don't know when you might run into, uh, as I smartly said to my wife the other day, pig monkey men of the woods. You know, you never know when you're going to run into one of them pig monkey men of the woods and they're going to decide they, they like the way you smell, you know, just like with the dog man. You can't trust these things. We don't know what they are. We don't know if they're here to just observe us or 
kill us, hurt us. You know, we don't know. So don't take a chance. Make sure you have some some protection with you. You know what I mean? So. And one person says, because I wasn't there when the picture was taken. And I agree with that. And another one says, if you want, you won't see them unless they want you to see them. And I agree with that. I said that earlier. Exactly. Yeah. And another one says, and some people call it a curse, but I personally think it's a gift and a blessing. Well, that can actually go twofold, you know. Yeah. I know people that have gifts that really don't want them, but they have to deal with it day in and day out. The, the worst thing, the worst thing for me being empathic is like uh, I hate going to like funerals. I hate funerals. I have dipped out on some of my own family funerals before because just the sorrow and stuff, all that negative, that depressive energy. It just breaks me down and I cry. I just can't help it. And it just, it tears me up. It really does. Nobody, if, no, I can't explain how it makes you feel when you're, when you're empathic. Uh, some people have, um, uh, you know, they can pick up on things a little. You know, I do it a lot. I can't help it. It's just, um, I don't like funerals, like I said, at all. I try to not go to a funeral. If I do go, uh, if it's a friend or a family member, I'm there. And then I'll usually go back to their home and stuff afterwards, after the funeral, and visit. Um, it's less, you know, less energetic with the depression, the sorrow, the sadness. Um I've got my, Marcella wants us to go to Waverly Hills Sanatorium. You know, my mom used to work there when I was a, when I was a baby. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I yeah. And I her pictures when uh, Ghost Adventures went there. Yeah. And she, she cried when she saw what it looked like. You know, the windows busted out. Yeah. And, and the, the destruction. Yeah. And I remember going up there and seeing her, you know, and getting bubble gum out of the candy machine up when he walked up to the stairs into the lobby. That's cool. Big ceilings. That's I'm only cool. 48, so I'm showing my age. Oh, you just couple you ain't for a long time. I'm 44. No, I'm not yeah. I just shaved my head, so <laughs> well, see, that's I'm about to that point right now. You know, my hair's been falling out. So my wife's like, no, don't shave your head. You look funny. So I, <laughs> I really don't care. You know, it, God made me this way. You know what I mean? And That's right. Um, you know, I've, I'm, I've been blessed. I've got a baby face and I know it. And I'll, every once in a while, I'll grow my, mo my mustache and my goatee out, you know, so that I look a little bit older and then, it starts itching, so I just shave it all off and start over again, you know. Right. Um, right. But um, she wants to go back to Waverly Hills, and uh, she's been there multiple times. Uh, they told me, like, the first floor, they've got an area in there now that they fixed up to where uh, you can have a headquarters. Uh, they've got cameras and things set up. If you go in there and you don't have a setup like that, uh, it's 
uh, I think it's like $100 a person. You get the whole night, the whole 24 hours that you, you get that whole night and that day uh, for 100 bucks, And I think it's a minimum of 10 people they want you to get. Uh, so uh, she's wanting to go buy them. And uh, my wife wants to go. My son-in-law wants to go. Even my daughter, um, my stepdaughter, and stepson both want to go. So uh, I've got all kinds of family members that wants to go. So, but it's it's a place that you don't want to take somebody that is not like uh, Bob Mackey's. Um, if you're not. Um, Knowing what you're getting yourself into, if you haven't researched, if you haven't been doing uh, paranormal investigations, I wouldn't advise the the rookie person uh, to go to Bob Mackey's right off the bat. Let that be your first place to go investigate. No. Um, there's some bad things in there. Uh, Waverly Hills uh, is not that bad. There's there's some, some disgruntled patients still lingering that might you know, make some noise, but uh, the place that I want to go to is the, uh, I think it's the ch the children's ward. They have a lot of bags and stuff set up there. Yeah, and uh, uh, I want to go up there. There's a little boy that will push the ball back and forth down the hallway. And uh, there's, been some, yeah, there's been some shows that have been able to catch that ball moving, you know, and uh, it's cool. I would like to just go and experience that. And uh, I just, the only thing that I dread, and she knows that, is the sorrow, the sadness and stuff. It's going to be there. It's going to be thick. And I'm going to feel every bit of it. And I'll just have to, uh, she's trying to, you know, tell me, you know, I need to picture uh, happiness, something in my mind that I can focus on uh, that will help block some of that out. but. I've tried that before. It's it's hard to do it. Uh, you know, in the years that I've known that I was like this, it's just been, you know, I'm 44 and I still haven't got the grasp of it. So it's I guess it's just something I'm not supposed to understand, but I know that I have that. And, you know, I do use it to my advantage. Uh, like I said, I can tell you right off the bat when there's something mean in there, you know, in a building or someplace like that. It's just... Uh, it's hard to breathe. It's it's like literally, it's like walking, wading through water. It's like that, but it's like all around me. So, yeah, my mom used to tell me stories when she was a kid. She used to play in the tunnels. Oh yeah, um, the death tunnels there, as they call it. It's it's that there's been a lot of folks, you know, who have passed through those tunnels. I mean, you, you can imagine thousands, thousands of folks have passed, you know, passed on and their bodies have been took down that body chute. And um, you could just imagine all that energy that's through there. It would be like a big giant rod the whole length of the tunnel. And it would just, um, I'd have to prepare myself. I, I've already told her that. That's what I was telling my wife. I'd have to like fast and do some praying and, you know, just to pre prepare myself mentally, uh, so when I, we do go there, uh, it, it's 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 back on my bucket list. Eventually, you know, I'm hoping we can get there. Um, Octagon Hall, 
I'd like to go there. That's in Kentucky. That's been on, there's been quite a few, if I ain't mistaken, all of the, the paranormal shows that's out there um, have been to, at one point in time, to Octagon Hall. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, so, there's a lot of cool places in Kentucky that are haunted that you can go to. Uh, you can uh, do investigations. Um, there was another one. Uh, Shawnee Lake, uh, I think it's over in Virginia, if I ain't mistaken. Uh, it's an old, uh, kind of like a small amusement park. Um, there's stories of the Indians that Indians, the settlers came through and ran the Indians off and killed the Indians and stuff. And it just left a stain on the land. They cursed the land there. Uh, I think it was in the uh, don't quote me on this, folks, but if uh, uh, I'm very curious after this, if you guys find out on Google, I'm sure you can Google this and find out. I can't remember. It was, uh, okay, it was, it's Shawnee Lake. It's over in Virginia somewhere. Uh, it used to be a amusement park. I think it was in the 50s. It was first started because of a lot of the old, uh, the swings, that go around uh, the little Ferris wheel is still there. Uh, I think there might be one property, one little shed or something still on the property. Um, but there's a lot of paranormal activity that goes on on that property itself because of the curse that the Indians put on it because it was being ran off. Um, and people just don't realize uh it's not hard, and God tells us not to do that for a reason, not to curse someone or curse some something or a land, because your words carry so much. They carry emotion. They carry uh, a physicalness, which can trap things and people to a spot or an object. Don't ever curse someone. Um, and don't ever call someone a fool. That's in the Bible, because you're you're calling yourself that if you do, and God looks down on that. So, um, we live in a crazy world, man. We really, really do. Um, uh, but my time's coming to an end here. Uh, I've got to get ready to go get my kiddo. He's about. About ready to get out of class, but all right. Before I let you go, let me. Uh, I like watching paranormal caught on camera. Oh yeah, you know they caught a fairy in England on the tree, if you remember. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean that stuff's real. I mean it's not, you know, fabricated or dubbed in or what do you what else you call it when somebody put something in the photograph or i can't think of the word a photo yeah. edit photoshop that's what i was thinking of. well yeah a lot of a lot of these 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 people uh that are seeing these little fairies and things like that uh, they take those forms they're they're actually elementals elementals like i said before are spirits that bought you know Spirits that's never been on the earth. Uh, nobody knows how old they are or whatever, but they're here. 
and they take these forms uh, like little people, you know, uh, uh, so-called fairies and things like that. That's just, that's the form that they take. Um, but they can also take a more sinister evil. They're known as pranksters. They're known as being malevolent. Mean in general. So, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen, Jim Blanton. Nice to have him on the show. Really appreciate him. Very well informed. That's right. Give him a good round of applause there. Thank you. So much. Unfortunately, the time has come and the show must end. This is Grizzly from Lexington, Kentucky, coast to coast and around the world. I want to say good afternoon, everybody, and I will see you shortly. Take care.